Hi, this is Tony Tolado, and this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. On the bill today is Living with Chucky, with its writer-director, Kira Elise Gardner. She is the daughter of Tony Gardner, who is a special effects artist who's been working on the Chucky series, starting with the second film. The documentary features interviews with people in behind and in front of the camera that have worked on the Chucky series or have been impressed by it, including Lynn Shea, Marlon Wayans, and John Waters, who's actually in one of the films as well. In addition to interviews with stalwarts like Jennifer Tilly, David Kirshner, Brad Dorff, Billy Boyd, and Fiona Dorff as well. Let's go behind the scenes and learn about Living with Chucky, which was an official selection of the Popcorn Frights Film Festival in 2022 and Fantastic Fest 2022 and Scream Fest Horror Films Festival Selection 2022. And I'll have my conversation with Kira Lise Gardner in a moment. Hi, Kira. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. You know, I can honestly say you were the right person for the job to do this movie. No, thank you. Yeah, for a lot of different reasons that we'll get into. I'll tell you what I love right off the bat is literally the making of Chucky, how they actually built him and made him. How did that idea come about? Um, <laughs> as, uh, as you get into documentary filmmaking, you know, there's different modes. And obviously this one kind of had to be talking heads because it's not like I could recreate footage of being on the set of child's play movies back in the eighties and nineties. And so I knew I needed some visual breathers for us to take a second, process what we've just heard and move on to the next thing. What kind of inspired that was honestly a lot of fans DMing me on Instagram, asking if my dad can make them a Chucky doll. <laughs> And the the answer is always, this doll is so expensive. It's not something that can just, you know, be put in a toy store. Um, Now, you know, even the trick-or-treat studio dolls that are out there are are fairly expensive because it's an expensive doll to make. And so I was just like, I should shed a light on how, how much even just goes into making his sweater, his overalls, everything so handmade particularly for this film. So that's kind of what inspired me to film that process was so that people can see it's not even just like there's so much that goes into it before they even get to set on those movies. Sci-Fi Talk continues, so stay tuned. I would think as far as the interviews that it was fairly easy for everybody to get everybody. Uh, Were there any challenges? As far as everybody you see on screen, no challenges really. I think the challenge, um, Jennifer Tilly's interview we did right before a a <laughs> red carpet event at Halloween Horror Nights. So it was uh, a little stressful to be like 19 at the time and have like NBC Universal executives in the background like this. Okay, we have 45 minutes on the clock. Let's go. But in uh, some of the interviews, they had, I did right after they filmed Cult of Chucky, but it wasn't out yet. So some people felt like they couldn't talk about things. And I was like, I assure you, this is coming out after your movie comes out. You can break your NDA for this. It's fine. But people were very dedicated to uh, not breaking the rules, which was, you know, good for them. 
There were a few people that I definitely wished to include in the documentary, um, but either I didn't get a response or, you know, I just did this independently. So it's not like I had an agent that could connect me to an agent or anything like that. It was whoever's emails I could find through friends or friends of friends. Um, So either it was not getting a response or for some reason getting a no, because I don't think they understood what the documentary actually was. Yeah. You're also behind the camera. Your father obviously... I mean, your father had a challenging uh, role, and we'll get into a little bit, but is this the area you kind of want to work in to actually make films? Yes, yes. Yeah, I I mean, when did the bug bite you to say, hey, I want to do this? (laughs) It bit me a little bit, like, you know, a lot of people in film school were like, I knew when I was like 10 that I wanted to be a filmmaker. <laughs> and I'm like, I wanted to be a nurse at first. So uh, I always was creative. I have ADHD, so I lean more to the creative side than the book side. And I took art classes in high school, drawing, photography. And at the time, I wanted to be a nurse. And my parents were like, don't knock film until you try it, though. Like, you haven't tried film. And my only um, exposure to film at the time was, like, the actual process of creating was my dad's side, the makeup trailer and SFX makeup. And although I loved it, it's a hobby of mine, and I appreciate it deeply, I wasn't as passionate about it as my dad is to physically do it. I also yeah. don't even understand skin tones. I don't understand how to do that. <laughs> so, um and I was like, well, I don't want to do SFX. And my dad's like, you don't have to do SFX. You can do anything. And so my parents were really amazing and um, supportive and um, helped me go to a, a USC film class my junior year of high school. And so I took a directing class and I directed my first short film. And I was like, you can get paid to do this as a job. This is awesome. Why wasn't I doing this the whole time? So after that, I took AV and then applied to film school. And that's kind of really where it set in. I really like about the interviews. And and we'll talk about your dad first, uh, Tom Gardner, who is, I mean, he essentially took over for Kevin Yeager, (coughs) excuse me, who is a legend in his own right, and had to duplicate Chucky and you know, of course, they're not going to give him blueprints because that's, you know, it's his thing. He didn't want to do that. Yeah. So he had to do it from stills and freeze frames. It was like an amazing job. And I did not notice a difference. I mean, it was so well done. Aww. I'm so glad you featured that part of it, that he had to kind of step in and do it. Speak about yeah. that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of the times in like behind the scenes snippets or or doc, like documentary filmmakers, they want, don't want to get into the taboo um, of things because of people hitting heads and it's not positive or things like that. But I, I, you know, I'm involved in the Chucky fandom. I'm on some of the Chucky pages and a lot of people always talk about the difference between the dolls look from bride to seed. And I personally knew the story is like because my dad had to build it from scratch and like the technology did not even exist at the time to like take movie stills. It was taking a picture of the TV. That's insane. And so I was like, if only you guys knew, then you'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Rather than like, you know, that scar doesn't you know, it doesn't look exactly the same. Um, So I wasn't afraid to go there, probably because I'm also the like protective daughter. (laughs) (laughs) of my dad's work as well but it's like that's 
the truth of it. And that's the documentarian side of me is like, this is the truth, though. The budgets were getting cut. My dad was not given anything. And also, I talk about it in the director's commentary, but also after Seed of Chucky did not do well in box office, Universal threw away all my dad's stuff. Oh, and he wow. had to make it again for from scratch for Curse. Oh, boy. That's terrible. It's just like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. There was more with filmmaker Kira Elise Gardner on her documentary, Living with Chucky. I think what I love about the interviews, because essentially you kind of grew up with Chucky a little, you know, that you definitely did, uh, is the interviews were more personal because they all knew you. And that adds, it, you don't have to really say that it is a family because as a viewer, you could see that it very much is a very unlikely family around this doll, but because you were all so wrapped up in each other's lives working for so long that it really created something special. And I think that really comes through in them. And you really captured that. And that's not always easy to capture. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that that is kind of why I was also motivated to keep like pushing for this documentary, even after I was meeting so many obstacles, because I knew that there was something a bit different about it that I, as a horror fan, hadn't seen in other documentaries either. And I was like, but everybody's so like relaxed. Nobody feels like they're putting on a show for the camera. It's talking about how they felt about something rather than the process of doing the thing, which was I felt was more important. Oh, absolutely. I think that really comes through. I was, you know, I think fans will see the relationship between uh, Brad Dorif uh, and his daughter and how they connected with each other. And uh, there's some really nice things that he says about her. I think people will appreciate. So talk about those two. I mean, it just seems unlikely that the little kid that was running around the set is now in, in the lead in one of the movies. It's really amazing. I know. Who, who would have thunk it? Yeah, it's it really is a family affair um, that that I can't believe that that happened as well. Yeah, their relationship is so interesting and very, very similar to my dad and I's relationship. Uh, it's something I would have liked to go deeper into uh, in the documentary. But it's, you know, as far as a time commitment for voicing Chucky, it's less extensive than my dad puppeteering Chucky on set. So mm -hmm. really and to dive into their relationship, it's asking about what's it like having a dad as an actor. And there were so many great moments and supportive stories that Brad had of Fiona, but there was just like, really, I found it hard in the editing floor to bring it back to Chucky. So, mm -hmm. but definitely felt that on, on the interview day and everything like that. And I think it's, um, so cool that they get to share this franchise. And now in the TV series, Fiona plays her dad in a flashback sequence. Like, that's so cool. And I remember being there for her life cast at my dad's shop for them to, like, figure out how to make her into Brad. And she was just like, yeah, this is very weird. I didn't expect it. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, you know, actually, I've I've also talked to uh, the cast of Chucky when the show premiered, which was really cool. A good young cast. And uh, and I really dug the episodes. It definitely captured who Chucky is and why we love him for being the mean little doll that he is. But uh, but that's cool. As far as production, 
and, and shooting this, how much time did you have? Years. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it really wasn't even, you know, I produced and directed and edited it. So it wasn't really that I actually had a producer who knew what she was doing. And so it was basically finding the time because I wasn't, I didn't have a budget for this originally. I didn't get funding for this originally. So it was basically finding the time to do it on top of my regular work or school because it originated from school. And then I expanded on it while I was still in school. And then after I graduated, so it was just finding the time where I could and when I could. And then um, when COVID hit, it allowed me to really dive into the editing um, process of it and then figure out what I needed for those end pieces. And once stuff started opening back up again after COVID, finishing it then. And then the impetus for uh, finishing was whenever the horror festival like <laughs> deadlines were. I was like, okay, I have to finish it by this then. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you had to add the titles, which were really cool. You know, the... <laughs> The, anim- the little uh, pictures, and then of course the score. How did that? How did the, your composer come about? Oh my gosh, that actually came like super late into the process. Like when we remixed the movie after um, going through it with a fair use attorney, I had met a friend through my f- a film festival, the film festival circuit for this movie. Cause it originally had scores from the movies themselves. And then uh. I was like, I can't afford this or license it. And so it was actually through the film festival process for this movie. I found one of my composers and then a composer that I had met a few years ago. And I texted them and I was like, is there any way we could all tag team this very quickly <laughs> for the release of my movie so that uh, I don't get sued. And it was great to uh, because originally I was opposed to sound alike score because I was like, Chucky fans are going to know it's not the actual score. They're very particular, but it's like you got to do what you got to do. And also it kind of like it. uh, But all of the songs kind of captured the the essence. And I also used a sound library for majority of the score is the sound library uh, that I got at a discount. And I searched that library for so many hours to try and find the right songs for the right moments. And it was hard, but you can use a song library if you don't have a budget for a composer. Oh, there you go. Well, congratulations. I'm telling a very personal story about really he's become a horror icon in Chucky and Mm -hmm. his life. Uh, It's hard to believe it's, you know, it started in 1994, Uh, but I, that's as, long as I've known him, so, at least cinematically. So congratulations again. Best of luck. And uh, obviously, you're a good storyteller as well. I, I'd like to see what else you do coming up besides documentary. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You take care. Living Thank with Chucky. It, it's, uh, it's a fun documentary. And uh, God, we love our horror icons, no doubt about it. All right. Take Aww. care. Thank you. <laughs> You can catch uh, Living with Chucky on Screenbox. This is available now, so check it out. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.